recording, but we're actually live on Facebook. Okay, sorry. Now you go. All right, let me do the intro. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Christopher Freelancer podcast. Uh, today is my last day in Thailand. Been here about 40 days. And I have a special guest with me. I've got Riley Bennett, um, you know, former collaborator. Um, yeah. Obviously spent a lot of time in Thailand. So we've been meaning to catch up. Um, we just... For some reason like uh, we passed by each other a few times on this recent thailand trip but yeah. riley's been staying in thailand for a, a lot longer than me so i thought it'd be good to have his perspective on this topic um so yeah welcome and good yeah. to speak to you again yeah good to see you man yeah um so yeah i just thought in this episode i'd recap like the the experience of being in thailand especially post covid um because yeah. i've been in obviously spent a lot of time in thailand well before covid started and this has been my first experience uh like since the pandemic mm -hmm. um so first off like as i mentioned i've just been here the last 40 days um you just told me that you've been in thailand the last eight months like what's life been like in thailand from your perspective um it's been great uh to be honest um I mean, basically the, the one main thing, well, the two main things that are different is nightlife closes at 11 or 12. Early on, it was 11. Well, during mm -hmm. the thick of the pandemic, like it was no nightlife, uh, but I was mostly in, in Europe and Bali for that. But uh, these past eight months, I would say past year, nightlife has been open until 10 and then in the past like four or five months um many places are open until 12 so that's mm. the main thing with covid right is those like hot spots the nightlife they close it off so that's the one main thing and then yeah. second main thing is masks so yeah. in bangkok everyone in public is wearing a mask however down south here in the islands almost no one wears a mask except like in 7-eleven it's so it's so crazy isn't it like i go to copenhagen and and like number one people are wearing face masks and not helmets while driving along the street on an open road like it just does not make any sense and then i was like okay because you know i can go into restaurants and not wear them and and drive down the road not wearing it surely the 7-elevens will be chill not go into a 7-eleven yeah, in copenhagen yeah. and like they're like mask 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 they're chasing you I actually yeah. had this experience where it started pissing down rain as I was trying to drive somewhere. I was I had this 10 minute drive and it was raining like crazy. And um, I was like, shit, I'll, I'll jump into the big sea quickly by a raincoat. And uh, as I get in there, I'm like, oh, shit, I don't have a mask. So yeah. I'm like, they're drenched, like completely like dripping wet. And this, I'm like, I, I like grab the raincoat and she's like, where is your mask? And I'm like, I don't have a mask. Can I just buy this raincoat and get the fuck out, please? Yeah. And she's like, no. And then she said to me, um, <laughs> no mask, no purchase. And I just was like, I'm ignoring that. Look, yeah, I'm yeah. drenched. And then luckily the checkout cashier lady like actually served me and I, and I got out of there. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was definitely annoying the mask yeah. thing in Bangkok. Yeah um and then the fact that you have to wear them at 7-eleven like it's just not a yeah. thing that it's i'm like thinking the, about you know yeah it's like the only the only time i have i just keep it like in my motorbike uh or whatever yeah. like uh and yeah these, these big corporations have their strict rules but other than that in restaurants i do not wear a mask day to day 
um, down mm. here on the islands. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And so, and so those are kind of the, just the two main, main things. Um, and then kind of the positives that came out of that is so, uh, where do people go, you know, after 11 and 12 people who are going out, you look for after parties. And so mm-hmm. we happened to, uh, move into this big fucking penthouse in Bangkok and, yeah. um, splitting it between a few guys and um that just became the one of the popular after party destinations over the six months and so like you know we know some dj friends and so we're like everyone's like because you know we've been based in bangkok you know past like four four years and so everyone's Mm -hmm. like what Uh, after party can we come to your penthouse okay oh you dj okay there's no clubs you know, after there, nothing to do. Okay, come play at our place. So some DJ mm-hmm. friends start to come and then people see it on Instagram. And they, so we had this big actually housewarming party or our penthouse. Um, and like ended up being like a hundred people showing up and like almost got kicked out like right then and there. Um, yeah. But anyway, so it's basically been an after party uh, vibe, you know, for the past, uh, mm-hmm. you know, six, eight uh, year plus. And same thing with yeah. Diamond Bouquet. Things have closed um, at uh, at twelve, pretty much, um, up until the past like three, four months. Now clubs um, um, in Phuket are open till like two, and there's this one huge place in uh, Phuket called uh, fucking what's it called Bay Hill that's now open all night for like the past three, four months. So totally okay. totally open, but. Um, Anyway, so in in our uh, penthouse spot in Bangkok, we used to have just DJs to come, you know, DJ at the after party. And then we're like, fuck it, we got to get our own DJ deck so they don't have to like haul it up every time people can just come and DJ. And so mm-hmm. now I have the DJ thing at my house. And then by popular demand, I, when there's no DJ, I just start getting on there. So now I'm learning yeah. to DJ. And so for the, <laughs> for the past like four months, I've DJed like a dozen or more uh, house parties. Yeah. And so thanks to covid now i'm like uh now i'm like a, a house party dj so that's one positive <laughs> thing that has come out of it so that's been fun i, I know you're in that music too yeah yeah when i oh saw, yeah you, you I yeah i saw all your live stream djs yeah yeah i remember um dming you because um yeah you were playing like the the house music that you like to play and listen to is right. the kind that i like to listen to as well oh, the tech house love um, it. yeah it's so good um yeah. but um i've struggled to kind of like find like where that music exists in in thailand um i've got a few few recommendations for for clubs in bangkok or whatever sing sings i think was one of them um mm-hmm. yeah but i can be quite particular when it comes to like my music taste yeah um but yeah moving moving past the uh the nightlife for a second um i wanted to talk like about entry requirements for for new people um what i did a month ago they had the the test and go scheme so i had to um uh, basically there's this thing called the thailand pass um for people Mm -hmm. listening and uh it's basically i actually got rejected from the thailand pass twice and what i realized about the thailand pass is it's just it just making sure that you have all your documentation so like I was like worried that I was going to get rejected. So what I did was I basically didn't book anything and tried to fill out the Thailand pass and then book. So therefore, um, like I wasn't, you know, spending money and then getting rejected. But I realized like I had to do all that stuff. The the whole Thailand pass was just to ensure that you had everything booked. So I Mm -hmm. had to get a 
COVID insurance. That was the main thing. Uh, be vaccinated. Uh, it's not necessarily a, you have to be vaccinated, but it just makes it easier. And so for vaccinated people, all I had to do was test and go, which was one night at a hotel where they like tested me and the next morning came back negative and I was free to go. Um, but I did some research and like the process now, I like saved a little bit of a link here. Mm-hmm. Um, the test and go has been removed and uh, it's just looks like it's just the um, yeah. COVID insurance and being vaccinated. Um, so yeah. Phil still need to fill out the Thailand pass and have COVID insurance, but that's mm-hmm. it. So yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming like this has really opened the floodgates for tourism in in Thailand yeah. because, I mean the 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 travel the COVID insurance I think I paid like fifteen hundred baht or something like it wasn't much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, thirty bucks yeah. for a month. Yeah, yeah, it's not much mm-hmm. at all. Um, what was it like when you came into Thailand? Was that? Um, uh, yeah, I did same thing. Uh, same thing. Thailand pass. Um, and there's one day quarantine uh which basically means you they swab you in the airport on on arrival and then your ho- you have to go to the tell the hotel and then once the hotel gets the call all right he's negative then you're pretty much free um and then you were supposed to do another covid test on day five and another on day 10 something like that this was back mm-hmm. in september and then it went to okay only on day five and now it's no uh, no second test. It's just yeah. test on arrival. Um, and then on June 1st, there is going to be, or no, I think it's already no, no test requirement at all. Yeah. And then on June 1st, there's going to be no more Thailand pass. Um, it's instant approval. Like it's still an online check-in okay. before you come basically kind of like how Vietnam comes. It gives you an instant approval. You print out the QR code and then you just come. And so, and also you don't need to have a vaccine anymore. Um, It's pretty much totally back open now. Uh, It's just, Mm, you've got to, you know, check in on, on the Thailand pass thing before you come. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny because, you know, Thailand is such like, you know, law has a different meaning in Thailand compared to like back home. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like the whole process was like surprising to me because um, in Australia, we had this hotel quarantine system that was like military grade stuff. Like you got off, you got off at the airport and the military escorted you on a bus to your hotel, uh, oh. where you're staying. And outside the front of these quarantine hotels was like military guards and stuff. Like it was, it was nuts. And then, so like I get, I get into, um, Chiang Mai airport to do this, uh, test and go, and I don't know what I'm expecting. But I get there and it's just like a normal airport pickup. The the guy is like there um, uh, with like a, a sign with my name on it. And uh, I was like, I could have just walked past this guy. He doesn't know who I look like, but I'm sure like mm-hmm. the, the, the hotel would like need to check my name off a list or whatever. And then the authorities would probably be out for me. But who knows? It's, it's Thailand. Yeah. But yeah, and then we I get to the, it takes me to the hotel and there's like no security and the, and I'm like where do I get tested? They're like oh there's just a van on the street, just go to the van on the street by yourself, get it tested. Yeah. And then they were so casual. I was just like and there was no security. I was just like oh so once I go to my room can I leave? And they're like no of course not. And I just because there was such a casual vibe, I was like maybe I can leave. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And then 
And then uh, the next good. day I woke up to a negative result, but they didn't say you could leave. I was just like, oh, I guess I can leave now just via email. And then the fifth day I did the test, but there was nowhere to upload the test result. So <laughs> it was just the, I found the whole yeah. thing kind of hilarious, you know, like oh, the whole, this like, whole thing is so funny. Yeah. Like the, the fact that like people are still wearing masks and it's just this whole COVID thing is just so funny. The mask thing's the weirdest one. I think it's like a Thai cultural thing that people want to wear masks. Yeah. You know? It's like, it's this security theater thing. It's like, um, yeah. you know, these corporations and governments and cities, they need to save face. So they need, they need to act like they're doing some precautions, even yeah. though it may not make any difference or, or any sense at all. But it's security theaters to save face on their part. And so, and this is how it works. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably agree. I'd agree with that. Um, okay, so um, I'll run through. Um, I'm going to run through the the three destinations I went to and kind of talk about what's what's changed for me. Um, Chiang Mai. Um, I was surprised. It's pretty much exactly the same. Like I went back to um, in my like most watched video. I talk about this uh, uh, street stall on Siri Mangkalajan Road. Uh, I call oh, her yeah. the fried chicken lady. And uh, I went back. She's still there. Her son's still there. They're still serving the exact same food. And I made that yep. video in early 2017. And that, that just that just made me chuckle, you know, like it's just yeah. they, they, they haven't changed their menu. Like it's just so many, yep. like so many things. The things that have stayed have stayed the same. I think the Burmese restaurant changed its name, but still has the same menu. Like like it just very minor changes. Um, and what has changed, I guess, is more the co-working cafe scene. It's kind of like um, cafes and co-working spaces in Thailand seem to like open and close like nightclubs, you know, mm, like yeah. the, the, a bunch of cafes I noticed shut down, but there was like an equal amount of new ones that opened up um, mm -hmm. and the thing in terms of co-working that I noticed is uh, pun space Niman apparently is no more. I didn't go check, but apparently they oh. don't, that's not around anymore. Um, hmm. And now in Niman, yellow seems to be the spot. Yeah, yellow, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, did you, have you, have you have anything to add about Chiang Mai specifically or? Um, I haven't been to Chiang Mai uh, since. Oh, okay. Um, but um, no, I haven't. Yeah, okay. Ah. Move, but, move. Uh, I, I, I get, I get your, I get kind of, I get it. Cause like I went to Chiang Mai and it, it's feels too small for me now. Like it just, I need a bit more excitement than Chiang Mai. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice yeah. for a period, but a lot of people feel the same way. It's, it's nice for a while and then, yeah, kind of small and kind of gets boring. But uh, yeah. yeah, I've heard the same thing, kind of same, same, not strict on masks or anything. It's mainly the big city, Bangkok, that's it's the most strict yeah. with the masks. The only time I got asked to wear a mask in Chiang Mai was entering malls. Um, yeah, malls. I, I went into cafes and restaurants that had literal signs on the front door, can't enter without a mask. And actually seven and just and went in without a mask. Um and, mm -hmm. and and now that I think about it, the 7-Elevens in Chiang Mai didn't ask me to wear a mask either. So interesting, yeah. Copenhagen, so strict on it. But Chiang Mai, literally the only place was Maya Moore. Um, mm -hmm. That was it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and then like it really hit me in Bangkok because so I was staying at this hotel 
that was in next to a mall um emporium suites um, you might may have heard of it um it was like that's where i lived the, yeah yeah that's where our penthouse was oh shit yeah on, nice. the, on the top floor yeah yeah, yeah very I, nice. I liked it best location it. yeah mm -hmm. i mean it's a connect right connected to the um what is it uh there's m courtier yeah, and the emporium and, yeah emporium that's right and then connected to the bts but the bad part about that is all three of those locations are indoor locations or well, apart from the bts but all three of them have in common that there's somebody there that's going to ask you to wear a mask yeah and so oh, that man. was especially emporium suites you go up in the elevator and there's this face scanner yeah it detects you have no please wear a mask I know. I thought that was the, crazy. That's like some yeah. fucking minority report shit. And so <laughs> that's one of the reasons that they hated us and want to kick us out because they, they're very strict on the mask shit. And yeah. so we would always come in and like have friends coming up with no mask. And we got like one strike, two strike, three strike. And I'd have a meeting with the management. They're like, it makes sense if you're a big conglomerate corporation. They have like safety promise and so they got they got to look out for their guests guests who are you know tripping about it but that's just how it goes yeah. yeah all right cool well that was like basically the list of changes on my list um so um what i cool. did yesterday was i put it to the the audience on um instagram and uh youtube community and um yeah literally kind of i had a little brief look on instagram but let's I'm going to like bring up some questions now. Um, Michael Winkler asks on YouTube community, what is your guess? When will Thailand reopen fully to tourism? So, um, uh, I'm not sure fucking three, fully. four months ago, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe like when he says fully, what like are you waiting for, no dude? quarantine. My mom for was here in February. People. Yeah. The no quarantine for unvaccinated uh, happened. I think, two months ago uh, one month ago oh really like maybe maybe may 1st oh, yeah. so the so if you're unvaccinated let me let me check my link here um, if you're unvaccinated i think you just have to have a test on arrival pre-departure uh, and maybe a one-day quarantine which doesn't really mean one-day quarantine it means just like the the swab on arrival your hotel yeah. send the results to your hotel and then Test you're good go, basically don't have covid that's what they care Okay, Carol. Yeah. Don't have COVID when you come here. That's it. So that's like um maybe that's like what he's what he's asking here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it depends on what the definition of fully open. Um, but I would say, you know, to talk from my own experience, it was a bit scary to to kind of travel again post COVID. I I um you've been to a few different places during the whole pandemic, but I literally spent the whole thing in Australia. Um Part of that was choice. Part of that was a literal international travel ban. Um, so mm. like, oh yeah, I, being in Australia, yeah, yeah. It um, we had uh, an international travel ban on everyone, including well, not everyone. Like, if you were a foreign citizen, you could go back to your own country. But me, as an Australian citizen, I I had to apply to leave, and I was under the impression that I could if I like really like if I really pressed it. Like I said. Hey, look, I'm going to move abroad in my application, but I actually met this dude in Chiang Mai, Aussie guy, and he said that he applied eight times and got rejected eight times. Um, I think after the fourth time I would have like hired an immigration agency to, <laughs> like to, um, yeah. uh, to like, uh, help me craft my application. Cause maybe he was making the same mistake eight times, but 
yeah, the point is I, a lot of the, just the vibe in general, my own feelings and like the actual system made me reluctant to travel. And so I kind of was like, I actually watched this like horror video. No, it wasn't horror video, but like I watched this video about a horror story about it said, it literally said, don't come to Thailand in 2022. And this guy basically, I think he did test and go, but he tested positive. And so they're like, he's, he was asymptomatic. So he didn't have any symptoms and they were putting him into a uh, hotel quarantine and he was, uh, or like try to take him to the hospital. He's like, don't take me to the hospital. I'm not sick. And they're like, oh, okay. And they're like, they didn't even know what to do. Like, with the situation because he clearly wasn't sick, but he tested positive. Mm -hmm. And so I was quite nervous to like go through the whole thing. And when I had to go do all these steps to Thailand pass, I was like, Oh, is it worth it? Maybe I will put it off. But what I will say is like, I was definitely happy. I, I went through the process and everything went smoothly. And after that one night, everything felt back to normal. The only thing is like these places are a little quieter than they once were. I'm pretty sure and the mask thing but otherwise it feels like it doesn't feel like i'm in a pandemic here you know? yeah no i've never felt like pandemic it's just a, a little the little thing with the masks and then if you like to go out you know nightlife's gonna close at 12 and so there's been in, in phuket gazillion um villa mansion parties going on you just gotta you know know people um, and then actually in Phuket, pretty much the whole time, there's been this one club that's been open until like two, three, whatever late called uh, fucking King Kong. And yeah. so there's certain clubs that like have deals with the police and that's kind of just how, how it goes. Mm. Um, and in Bangkok too, for the past six, seven months, there's been like a couple places, a couple clubs in the city. It's, it's millions of gazillions of people. There's going to be some clubs that pay off the police or whatever to, to be open a little bit later. So there always has been that, but in Bangkok, there's, you know, after party house parties, uh, condo parties and stuff like that. So that was pretty yeah. much the only difference. Um, gyms and everything has been fully open and, and normal for, for the whole time. So yeah, I agree. It hasn't great. really felt different. Yeah. Okay. And just out of curiosity, are you in is are you in the Rawai region in Phuket? Is that where you're based, or uh, did you say Rawai? It was getting choppy yeah. a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, we got a a, a place in Rawai uh, for the past six months up until this week. Now we just moved to uh, Kamala. Okay, yeah, because my I've always had bad experiences in Phuket, but um, it's because I've been. I found myself stuck in Patong twice. Yeah, yeah, get out so of there. I know that I know that there's a better side to Phuket. Um, yeah. So I've 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 got to give it another go at some stage. I know yeah, that. yeah. Check out Rawai. It's like the closest thing to Changu that I've seen uh, in mm. in Thailand. And so it's like if you saw my Rawai video, it's basically you know the the summary of it. It's like a Changu yep. five ten years ago, much smaller. You know, for example, there's three co-working spaces in you know Rawai compared to you know a dozen or two in uh, in Changu and maybe like 10 really nice work cafes in Rawai compared to a hundred in Changu so that's the way to summarize it yeah nice yeah sounds like it's, I definitely need to check it out yeah, um it's great a lot of Muay Thai time. people there um you know vegan spots and the whole kind of yeah work work remoter um vibe okay um 
I've got a question here from Sharaf. Um, has COVID affected the overall cost of living in Thailand? Um, I think that would be more a question that you could answer, um, Riley. Yes, favorably, actually. So yeah. um, we were able to get COVID discounts on all of our Airbnbs uh, mm. as low as half off. Wow. So as I said, one of my early videos when I got here, come now because stupid deals on Airbnbs. Um, so mm. I have a few episodes of Airbnb Cribs uh, you guys can check out on my channel. Um, and so the prices are getting back up to, to normal now, but back six months ago in that range, it was crazy deals. Yeah, no, I remember when, cause I was in Bali last before the pandemic hit. And, um, and I remember like, video calling some of my friends there and they were like staying in like five bedroom houses and stuff like for like you know the cost of what they would pay for like a one bedroom you know yeah um yeah so like i yeah i would i would assume due to less tourism like less demand the cost yep. of things would, would 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 go down um but that's probably going to recover very soon i'd say right because yeah because i think there's like a subset of the market, the tourism market that are like my dad who are like, Oh, the whole COVID thing has scared me from traveling. Cause like, what if yeah. I get sick with COVID and uh, I'm, I'm in Thailand and the hospital system's not as good and all this stuff. But then there's like majority of people that have been waiting to travel for years. And so mm -hmm. I think as soon as the floodgates open, I think that's, it's gonna like, you know, not necessarily get back to normal, but there's a ton of people lining up yeah. to, to, you know, go through with their travel plans that they basically had to delay for two years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's been, I've been noticing firsthand steady increase every month for the past six, eight months. And then a big increase on May 1st when basically they said, all right, you don't need to test in your home country before you fly. So just another mm. step gone. And um, the full moon party being a good uh, measure of that. Uh, the past two months have just been absolutely packed, pretty much back to normal. Absolutely yeah. freaking packed. As, did you end up making it down to the full moon yeah, party? Yeah, yeah. So okay. was that was that level of attendance like normal attendance, like pre-COVID? Uh, sort of I was there in 2017, and I don't think I could say normal, but okay. enough for you know the the shots that I got. It's like huge seas of people around the main stages, um, yeah. but not quite normal normal maybe maybe half of normal but still yeah, okay. that basically just means because it's like a long beach so everyone's just you know concentrated toward on like five main stages instead of normally yeah. maybe it'd be like 10 and so mm. it's still a humongous party yeah all right um next question here um this is a bit of a weird one so i don't know if we're going to be able to answer this um he has it says he has like a two-part question um from alta and uh, he will I be able to immigrate there with my two cats? <laughs> Do you have any idea the answer to that? Uh, I don't know. Um, we could Google. Uh, can you can you immigrate to Thailand with cats? You must obtain a permit from the livestock department for your pet's approval. Lasted off for six days. Any live trans, go. any live animal need import permit. So check that out there. 
Um, the power of Google guy. Thanks for the, yeah, good question. Um, and uh, his second part of his question, what types of natural disruptive phenomena, I think he means <laughs> natural disasters, Thailand is prone to, aside from tsunamis, um, I have never experienced any um, natural disasters in Thailand um, yeah. <laughs> before. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, probably the main one, uh, there's flooding um you know can there oh, there yeah. can be monsoons yeah, um flooding is probably the most common that you see like i heard last week there was a big downpour in bangkok and you'll see some streets flooding where we all see it in chiang mai and places yeah um but um usually that's not gonna affect you um um extremely hot sun that's gonna sunburn you um yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't um, say that. I mean, yeah. if you're worrying about that, I mean, then just stay at home. Is <laughs> your yeah. best bet. Yeah. There can be an earthquake in any place in the world, pretty much, you know? Yeah. And I mean, the, the flooding is probably a lot of it would, I'd assume, would be due to like town planning and like not good, like not good sewage systems yeah. and stuff like that. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Like there's certain situations where like, parts of flooding here and they just don't need to like if they had a better you know yeah like right there sewage. at soy 24 at emporium i've seen a couple years ago um yeah it was just like motorbikes are like look like boats going through yeah all right i'm gonna switch over to the instagram questions here which we have i have quite a few so might just move a bit quicker through these ones um if, if possible um rafael asks uh uh, how is it there this time are many closed? Um, you didn't say many what. Um, but I, I guess the, the essence of the question is, is a lot of stuff closed that was previously opened due to COVID? Um, and for, I'd say from my experience, I haven't noticed like a lot of things closed that that should be open. What's kind of your experience with that? Um, yeah, when I got to Rawai... Um, you know, last September, so I'd say last quarter of 21, um, in Rawai, it was like maybe half of, of shops and restaurants were closed. Um, and that mm. kind of is expected, right? Cause it's like 10, 20% of the normal uh, tourist. And then steadily every month I've, that's back open, that's back open, that's back open. And so I would say currently maybe, you know, 80, 90% of, you know, shops and restaurants are are back open um yeah. and so yeah but gyms um okay i have noticed like so there's a lot of muay thai places in Rowai, and mm -hmm. um maybe yeah, a chunk of them were closed because there's just not not that much demand um but the yeah. most popular places uh have been open the the whole time yeah okay um next question is as a percentage how many tourists uh, do you see compared to pre-pandemic? Yeah, I'd say it's over fifty percent. I'm not sure. I'm not great at estimating these sort of things. Could you? Would you be able to put a rough? Yeah, yeah. I, I've, been, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, yeah. Uh, um, and so just base it off. I just the, googled um, it. Like, my feel is like 
my feel right now is like maybe yeah 30 percent or something like that because it's hard to judge because um where you go everyone conglomerates right mm. and so where you go it seems like there's a lot of people but if you yeah. zoomed out and see the whole view of god you know the total <laughs> numbers it's probably yeah. a lot less than you think just because everyone goes to the same places um, yeah so i don't know um you guys yeah. would have to google that for this number but i still i think it's still not even close to to normal like normal like thailand is one of the most visited places in the whole world mm, so it's it's creeping up there but um i don't know i want to say like i don't know 30 percent or something like that oh okay interesting that's my um, guess yeah Next question is about masks indoors and how intense they are about it. Um, we've kind of already covered that. Um, Bangkok, very intense. Chiang Mai, just uh, the security guard at the mall, um, in my experience. Uh, Copenhagen, just 7-Elevens. Uh, Phuket, similar thing, just 7-Elevens. Yeah. Yeah. Just okay. the Sevies. <laughs> yep, yep. um this is kind of like a, i guess like a subjective question but um well it's gonna have a subjective answer but uh bb barat radio better radio um ask where would you go if you had one month in one place so i guess you're coming to thailand you only have one month um obviously this is like pretty subjective for me i probably Chiang Mai is like my go-to still with is it's because it's so easy to get around. I know the, the, I have my favorite restaurants there that are still there even like years later and I've uh, got some friends there. Um, but if I wanted to go somewhere new, I like we were talking about in this, uh, in this episode, um, maybe try worldwide Phuket. What would be your, yeah. if you had one place to, to go? Oh, man, I hate month? this question because I, I hate choosing. So what I would say, <laughs> if this is my friend, I would say, what are you talking about? You don't have to go to one place. Don't do one place. If you have one month, hit yeah. Chiang Mai, hit Bangkok, hit Phuket, hit Koh Phangan. Yeah. One week in each. So I would say, but in a magical world where you can't leave, which why would you not be able to? Um, it depends. If you love big cities. Bangkok's the tropical New York City of Southeast Asia. And then mm. um, Koh Phangan is like the hippie, uh, work remote, super tropical island, super cool place. And yeah. so I would say if you want island, Koh Phangan. Um, cool. uh, the, the jungle raves, if you like to party, there's jungle raves uh, in beach parties every night. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe he only wants to do one place because of, of a work situation and he needs to stay productive. Yeah, I'm, but I'm, I'm giving if, him a hard time. Yeah, but <laughs> if but uh, yeah, I totally agree. I would if you if you're thinking about Thailand long term, take some time off and do everywhere over a course of a month, and then you'll know where to go mm -hmm. next time you come to Thailand. That would mm -hmm. be my advice. Um, Maxi Clotier. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. Shout out, Maxi. What's the LGBT and drugs situation like? Um, I, d I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know if I can comment on that. lots of lady boys here. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah of course like, that. 
if you don't know, um, <laughs> I was joking on my Instagram stories. There might be more girls here than la more ladyboys here than girls at the full moon party. So if you don't yeah. know, Thailand has a big ladyboy culture for whatever reason. Um, lots of ladyboys, trans folks. Yeah. And so, yeah, totally open in terms of that. You're not going to be discriminated. You are going to be very welcome. Um, of course, it's um, the whole country is welcoming. Yeah, don't worry. Uh, and in terms of drugs, I don't know. Do you want to take a take on that first? I have I have zero experience with it. Um, the the funny it, it really the funny thing with drugs is it really depends on your culture and and different because there's different cultures around the world. And the funny thing for Australians is when we think of drugs in Southeast Asia, we think of the people that have gone to Bali and had basically been executed for doing drug related crimes. So like from the Australian perspective, I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm not touching drugs in Southeast Asia kind of thing. Like I don't even look into it. Um, I don't know if, if there's anything you want to say on that or. Um, yeah. Don't I mean, be the marijuana is becoming legal. Yeah. The marijuana is getting legalized. It's like there's yeah. stuff going on. And so that's very exciting. Um, there's, there's um, cannabis shops. I'm sure you've seen all around um there's yeah, cbd crazy. shops but um many of them it's secret thc so example in Rawai, there's a, one of my favorite cafes they have a whole cannabis section uh, on the menu and um they don't advertise the thc but you eat that shit mm. and you're getting blazed. <laughs> and so you kind of gotta know gotta know and then, so these um so it's starting and um yeah they're they're working on making thailand legal i mean Obviously, they should. It would be so great for the country, a new source of revenue. And um, it's a, all, obviously in any tropical island culture, there's always a Rasta culture. So it's going to be awesome. Um, in terms of drugs, um, like um, in any place you go, any party environment around the world, there's going to be drugs. Um, and so be smart. Um, in general, like if you get caught, if you get stopped by the police, which is very, very rare, um, like in Bangkok, for example, they'll have um, actually in Phuket too. They'll have, have like a checkpoints uh, occasionally. They do in many major cities. Like we got stopped in in Medellin, Colombia once. Hide your shit. Um, you know, yeah. be smart. Hide your shit. If you get caught, you're gonna have to pay money. Okay, that's basically yeah. it. Um, if you don't have the money, then they're gonna take you to to jail, uh, and then basically until you can pay the money, um, you're not gonna get executed unless you're trafficking. Um, yeah, but it's generally generally a story. And in a developing country, um, you're gonna have to pay. Um, you're gonna have to pay the cops off. Um, so mm. that's what I've heard. Um, and so, but yeah, you go to you go to any party environment, any club, beach party, jungle rave, and people are doing drugs. That's what people. That's what humans do. Yeah. And so, yeah. uh, just just be smart. Good advice. Um, my mate Zach Young asks, do you expect another lockdown in winter? Um, and I think we can extend that question to, do you expect another lockdown in general? Like I, I would, I, it seems like we're out of the woods now. Um, but like, what, what do you, what, what is your perspective on that? Do I expect another lockdown in winter? Well, let's fucking hope not. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> I'm not Jesus, but I may, you know, um, I, I, I hope not. <laughs> fucking hope not. Jesus. Um, yeah, I mean, there would have to be, I think for that to happen, there would have to be 
uh, a new variant or virus that comes out. Right? Yeah. Because and, Omicron and is weak and it's weakened even more. And it seems like we're out of the woods now with this pandemic. But of course, anything could happen. Yeah. Um, all right. So I've got a few double up questions here. So I'm skipping over them. Um, uh, this should be a quick one to answer. Flying from London to Bangkok, best way to get to Chiang Mai, flight or train? I would definitely definitely say fly. It's cheap and it gets you there in an hour. And I think the train is like 12 hours. Um, some people like to do the train out of novelty. I don't know why. I would hate to spend 12 hours on a train when I can just take a yeah. cheap flight for an hour. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, best way to get around Thailand is fly. It's around like maybe 2000 baht you can get if you book in advance maybe 30 35 dollars yeah uh, you know a little over a thousand baht um from bangkok to phuket um I, i've been noticing around three thousand baht like a hundred bucks same from phuket to, to uh, samui uh the easiest way uh, so I, I always just fly yeah um same guy us uh, moving to chiang mai for one month uh, and want a nice place, Airbnb or something else. Um, I've no, talked about this in the past. Like you can like book one night and then roam around. And I mean, this is what's happened. This is my experience in the past, like 2016, 2017, you could just walk around and move into an apartment by going into different offices and move in that day. Um, ever since I've been just using Airbnb, because even with like a 20% premium, it's just so much easier to, for me to do it in advance and still cheap. Um, do you do you know anything? Have you heard anything about that, um, Riley? Or yeah, that's that's uh, you know the the classic four hour work week tip. Um, if I'm doing that, um, book an Airbnb for two nights. Make sure you like it. Make sure it's good. Make sure you like the area. And then if you want, extend um, or switch it up if you want to try a new place. Cool. So that, that can be hit or miss. Like a couple of times it's been like, Oh, you have two nights, but you're trying to extend. Oh, sorry. Now it's fully booked. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's normally, normally I wouldn't go to like a new place. I want to check it out and, and book like a week unless it's some like Epic Villa, uh, of course. But if it's like some hotel or something somewhere you want to scope out, I usually do two nights, um, one night, um, Mm, okay I've, I've noticed one night if i book one night sometimes they'll check in really late at night and it's like you got to check in right in the morning it's like i've been here for less than 12 hours and i got to check out excuse me so i normally like two nights uh, i found that's good okay um josh uh sorry not josh joseph asks anything specific to know about flights um i would just say they ask you to wear masks on planes uh and at the yeah. airport that's it really yeah, yeah. planes you gotta wear mask um which sucks i have um traditionally got one of those um uh basically uh sleeve covers things it's not a mask but it's like a pullover kind of like um tube thing much more comfortable because okay. on those long flights if you have a regular mask over your ears your ears start to hurt to hurt yeah um, okay or uh, like my I flight will... tomorrow so i might have to look yeah. into that or i have headphones like this and i put the mask mm around the headphones so it's uh, not touching your ears uh, good tips that's a good yeah. little hack there yeah you yeah 
figure out a way or um like my mom literally has this product um it's called the seat sleeper and um it straps around your 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 head and around the headrest and so it yeah. kind of secures you in and so so you don't um bob so your bob so when you fall asleep your head doesn't bob like that and i always yeah. use that um so you can check it out on instagram at seat sleeper um and so <laughs> Shout I guess out. what i'm getting at is you can also put it over your mouth or yeah. what i've also done is put the seat sleeper over my eyes so it covers your eyes black and you can sleep rest real nice um and then i'll have a, just a, an eye mask um you know one of the regular eye masks it straps all the way around the back of the head and they have that covering mm -hmm. my mouth um so it's more comfortable or or yeah. like get uh, a face mask thing with the where you can buckle it a little attachment where you can buckle it behind your head so it's just not pulling on yeah. your ears that's the only annoying thing on flights okay wow yeah you've really thought about this i've just been like <laughs> yeah. okay i'm on a flight a with a mask on yeah but yeah, you've definitely a lot. There. There. You could probably do a whole video on that if you haven't already. Yeah, I should. I should. You know, promote yeah. my mom's product too. Put put that on put that on the list. Um, yeah. Angel here um, asks, how have the most popular tourist spots evolved after COVID? Um, I mean, this evolved. probably. I don't know how we can sort of answer this they're, question. They're um, bigger, better, better. Everything's better. Come now, guys. Everything's better. Yeah. yeah um <laughs> it's it's i mean my experience is like it's similar to like well i went to out of those so cal sun road was pretty busy when i went there copenhagen is like i remember it maybe less busy um so yeah i don't think it's i think it's really just the 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 pandemic hasn't drastically changed anything in at least for, for in my my perspective no, um, yeah, it hasn't. Um, Nick asks, do you meet a lot of 40 plus year old nomads? Um, I'm, I'm going to keep this specifically to Thailand. Um, yeah, I'd say like I meet, I wouldn't, I wouldn't meet, I don't typically meet many people past the age of 45 who live this lifestyle. Um, what, what, what about you, Riley? Do you meet many um, forty plus year old nomads in in Thailand? Um, I mean, obviously there's less, but there's some. And if you want to meet mm -hmm. up with them, figure it out. Maybe there's a Facebook group. Go out yeah. going spaces and meet those people. They're out there. You have no excuse not to not to catch up with them and meet them in this day and age. It's too easy. No excuse. There's tons of them. Find your click and um, yeah, there's tons. Awesome. Good advice. All right. Um, last one from Kaylee. Uh, what are the laws if you get COVID? And this is like something that I thought about as well. Like I wondered, like if I test positive at the um, in the test and go scheme, like what happens then? Like uh, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. am I am I screwed? Um, or like is it like oh, okay, you're not sick? Like and and the funny thing is, I don't think they have that information available yeah yeah so it is a little so this, bit of a mystery yeah so this happened to a couple people i know test positive on okay. arrival and so basically you have to just stay at your hotel um until you're for for five days and then you test again you're negative and then you can go um if you test just like randomly positive um uh, don't 
go to the hotel to to tat. Don't go to the hospital to tell them because uh, then you'll have to do hospital quarantine. And so yeah. for like five or ten days. So don't do that. Um, just stay home. Um, and so there's an abundance of little COVID uh, test strips. Um, so if you're feeling sick, just test at home. And if you're sick, just stay at home. Um, don't go to the hospital to get tested because if you do positive there, they'll they'll make you stay. Um, and then also, like if you test positive to go into like some clubs, even still, there's an ATK um, a line to get into the club. Um, is what it is. If you test positive there, um, there's a chance they'll say go to the hospital. Um, just say say no 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 no. Oh okay no no no, and just get the fuck out of there and go home. <laughs> Don't say okay, yeah. let's go to the hospital. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. walk away and go home. And so yeah, funny um, funny today. I am um, a, a little trick. <laughs> yeah, this actually happened to to Amy, but um, a little trick like. If you're going to put your phone number on the little test strip and then they call your name and say, don't put your actual phone number. And so if so, they might like call you and like try to track you down. I think that's pretty yeah. unlikely, but um, just don't put your real phone number just in case you test positive. So it's, you know, not on the record or whatever, but that's, that's what I've found. Yeah. I was just going to mention that, uh, your story kind of, um, the, 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 the your um, example of the nightclub line I uh, had a mm -hmm. similar experience with that today with the massage parlor I went in and they're like oh yeah you need to do a um a, a COVID test rapid oh, really? yeah. test and I was like oh okay and I asked them what happens if I test positive they're like oh well you pay us 50 baht for the test and you uh can't have the massage and I'm like oh okay I just wanted to check whether they were gonna like imprison me or something if I <laughs> tested positive um, but it was a weird one. Like I didn't have to put it up my nose at all. I spat into a paper bag mm -hmm. and then pulled out my saliva paper and then bag. combined it with the liquid and then put it into the testing kit. Yeah. So I don't know how accurate these things are. It said, wait 12 minutes. And I was wait, I was like five, a few minutes into the wait and they're like, Oh, Oh, there's no sign. There's no second line coming yeah. up. Yep. You just go. Like it's, it's all security theater. Like they don't care. Yeah. They just want people to come into their business, you know, and they, they just yeah. have to follow the rules though of the establishment or whatever. So everyone wants you to come. Um, obviously if you are sick, obviously don't go and mix it around, but, um, yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, I think we've covered like a lot in the, in this 50 minutes on Thailand. Um, just to summarize, I'd say like, you know, it's not that much different from what it was. Like a lot of the information that, you know, I think both of us talk about, about Thailand is still relevant. It's just the COVID specific stuff that's changed, you know, and that's mainly around testing and masks. Um, and yeah, it's not as busy as it once was because, you know, as Riley looked up, you know, the tourism numbers are lower. So, um, but there's nothing drastically different that I've experienced in Thailand, um, still a great option. Um, I still recommend it for like n new people. Like it's still a great country to get started. Um, and for people that are established as well, like you're like Riley. So, um, any final words on, uh, Thailand post pandemic, uh, before we wrap up here? Um, yeah, someone says, um, Bethan, right. She says, um, Thoughts on visa runs for short stays, 
Um, Bali, she said she's going to Bali and Thailand. Um, I'm actually gonna do a video soon, uh, best visa options now for Thailand. But uh, historically I've done visa runs all the time, you know, fly to Vietnam and back, do a trip there, go to Bali and back. You can do the bus across the border. So um, visa runs, yep, still a thing that everybody does. Uh, you can just Google visa run Bangkok, visa run wherever you are. And there's agencies that organize these buses to do the border bounce or or whatever. It's still, still a thing, totally fine. Cool. Um, all right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there for the uh, Thailand post-pandemic section. Um, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for jumping cool. on and and, and helping uh, helping out on this uh, podcast episode. Um, anything yeah. you want to shout out or like you've got um, people um, watching on YouTube can see your uh, Instagram handle there. Um, yeah. I, I went ahead and just made it live on YouTube and I think uh, people are like, maybe like over 20 people uh, here. Um, yeah, so, I just noticed that. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, fuck it, make it live, dude. Just like, why not? Um, and so, um, yeah, that's Thailand post-pandemic summary. Everything's open. My mom and Parker's mom came in February. They're loving it. Everything fine. So um, come. Like, if my mom's coming, like, what are you waiting for? And so it's totally open. Come on down. And so, yeah, um, <laughs> I will be, yeah, if you guys want to pop over to, to my channel, we'll do a video uh, uh, right now a section on yeah. um Copangan versus bali awesome uh are we gonna um wrap up let's just this, keep this uh, okay this live stream will keep going and then i'll, I'll <laughs> okay. download it i'll download it and then you can take uh the section so far okay cool. um and so all right so um i just gotta use the bathroom and get some charge on this computer but um yeah give me two cool. minutes quick and, break and we'll, and we'll be good yeah quick break awesome Awesome. Uh, we can stop the audio okay, I'll, recording I'll, for that. I'll mute it. All right, you're muted. Why don't I just answer this question by Julian? Compare quality of life Bali versus Medellin versus Phnom Penh, Cambodia. I have been to Cambodia uh, once for a few days. Um, definitely not as nice a place as Bangkok. Um, Medellin, I was in for one week. Awesome. Bali is freaking awesome. Awesome. Like best place in the freaking world, potentially. Um, I would say I would choose Bali. Mm -hmm. Billy, language barrier, reading Thai signs. Um, I haven't found language barrier being a problem at all. If you're in the main areas, it's not a not a problem. If you're in a small town, maybe, yeah. Um, you can always use your phone. Translate app. You can scan the menu to read any Thai that you want. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. Where do I want to visit most now that world is opening back up? Thank you, Josh. Um, Freaking everywhere. I want to go to Ibiza. I just had a bunch of friends there for festival this week. And so um, never been there. Hear awesome things about Ibiza, Spain. Um, anyone going to Ukraine? Collab with Johnny FD. Shout out Johnny FD. It's one of the main reasons I came to Thailand seven years ago. 
Um, Philippines. Yes, I have been there. It's awesome. Um, check it out. Tropical paradise, islands everywhere. <laughs> Facebook user, don't know who that is. Two favorite people on the internet. Let's go. Nomad OGs. It's Lachico. Who is this, by the way? I saw you on the last live stream. Shout out. Visa runs for short stays. Um, in Bali for Visa, uh, what a lot of people do is the um, business visa. I should call it business exploration, but it's very easy to get uh, maybe a few hundred bucks to get it and it gets you six months. Just contact a visa agency there and say, what are my options? And they will tell you all about it. Very easy. Mm-hmm. Any more questions, guys? Ooh, thanks for the 10 likes. Um, for long stay Thai visa. Okay. There's the thing that co-working spaces are doing now where you can basically get a work permit through them that gets you one year. So, uh, look that up Thailand work permit co-working space. And then, um, yeah, shout out Josh again. Um, thoughts on Thailand 10 year remote work visa. Uh, fuck yeah. Um, if that's actually happening, Sounds like a no-brainer. They said it'd be like fifteen hundred bucks. I don't know if that's per year, or if that gets you ten years. Um, sounds like the most best thing ever. So, when that comes out, pretty no-brainer. I would do that. Um, we haven't met. I started watching your videos from Jabril and Passport Heavy. Awesome! Shout out. Shout out, it's a little Chico Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> Julian, is drop shipping still the move? Uh, no, I've never really done it. Um, I don't think so. I mean, it can be. Shout out um, Trevor Fenner, ecommerceparadise.com. He was on my Instagram live the other day. He's very successful with high ticket drop shipping. He has tons of stores and makes great money doing high ticket drop shipping. So if you want to learn that, um, Hit him up. Also, my good buddy, um, Jacob, uh, who is there, one of the Chiang Mai OGs. He still does high-ticket drop shipping. Uh, he has a new store that's that's crushing it. Um, the the trick is B2B. Uh, B2B um, high-ticket items is where it's at. That's what I've heard. Cool. So Chris is back. Are you yep, ready? Thank you for the for that break. I'm saying it. This Airbnb is poorly designed. There's not like a PowerPoint near the desk, so PowerPoint. I had to like I had to whip out. Oh, what do you guys? Is that like an Australian thing? I remember that was a thing. I remember from our uh, Bali versus Bangkok video. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I'd never heard that before. Before you said it on <laughs> live, and I was like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> what What do you guys call it in the state? I don't know, American to say like a, an outlet." 
an outlet. Okay, yeah. There's not an outlet near the desk, so I had to like bring out my extension, my my power board, um, to like get this, yeah, to hack this to work. Um, so yeah, (laughs) appreciate Um, the. And Julian says NFTs, yeah, Bam's into flipping NFTs. A lot of guys into it. So um, tons of I know tons, so many freaking crypto people, um, in Thailand and everywhere. And so tons of people there's crypto meetups everywhere so yeah um cool are you ready to get into pangan yeah absolutely so chris the freelancer what is your what have you been uh what have your impressions been on kopangan i mean the first word that comes to mind is is beautiful um it's it's funny i'm i i put out some you know instagram content on Copenhagen and and uh, one of my friends like messaged me and like, oh, I had this impression that Copenhagen was just the, that's the place you go for full moon party. Mm-hmm. And um, so many people I bumped into or met, they're like, oh, you came for this full moon party. I'm like, no, I hadn't. Like, that was like, I just went to it because I was there yeah. at the time. But um, yeah, like to me, Copenhagen is just a beautiful island. Um, and um, the the cool thing about it for i guess digital nomads is is um you know there are lots of like co-working space options like and you know i went to one called la casa that had over i think yeah i posted it on instagram i think it was 300 megabits plus or something like ridiculous and i just looked out Mm -hmm. i looked out at you know the the beach and i was just like i just it's still like crazy to me that i've got a 300 megabit connection while I'm like right next to the beach on this island that doesn't even have an airport, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'd, um, you brought up the Instagram there and I definitely got a few cool photos from Copenhagen on this trip. Um, yeah. so yeah, it, it's, it's stunning. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, totally. Um, how would you what are your main uh comparisons to bali um similar vibe different vibe what would you what would you say to someone who asked you uh, to compare them yeah so obviously you did ask me about this um ahead of time and i was like what am i going to say about this because mm-hmm. to me they're like very different um mm-hmm. bali is like a whole it's an international brand, you know, like in itself, it attracts mm. all sorts of travelers. It's busy. It's busy is the, the key word. Like it's so chock full of all different types of people. Um, there's like, I don't know what it's necessarily like post COVID, but it looks like it's kind of back to normal um, from what I can see online. Yeah, yeah, it totally is. Yeah. I have some stuff. friends there now. They say it's totally packed and popping. Yeah. Um, nightlife scene is crazy there yeah the, yeah yeah the there's so many content creators that go there and so to me Copenhagen is a very very mini version of that there's nowhere yeah. near the level of activity busyness um influences that travel there um nightlife everything um so for those people that like bali for the fact that it's a beautiful island then those people might be more attracted to somewhere like Copenhagen. But I actually like the the energy of Bali. It's um, it's funny. My friends, when I was still in contact with my friends post, like after the pandemic hit, because Bali was the last place I was in before the pandemic hit, and um, some of them were like, "Oh, I love this 
version of Bali. No one's around, you know, I've got a five, I've got a five bedroom villa to myself and I go to the beach and no one's there and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like that's going to appeal to some people. But to me, I, I love the energy and the busyness and it was getting a bit ridiculous towards the end of that uh, until before the pandemic hit. Um, so it's getting a little crazy, but like, I liked the fact that it's kind of, in a way it's like a world city, but it's like a yeah island that exactly. like, that, that is, that is like supposed to be a tourist island, but it's in a way it's like a world city. Like it's up there in the, in these brands of like cool places, like with, you know, Dubai and, you know, yeah. um, like all, all these kind of cool places. Um, <clears throat> It's, it's just got, got a huge brand, whereas like Copenhagen, not so much. Um, yeah. 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 100%. I would say, yeah, that's definitely the, the main difference. It's like just the number of people. Um, and, um, you know, Bali has super clubs and the nightlife is crazy. Whereas Pangan, you're going to look at full moon party, jungle rave, waterfall rave. Um and then, you know, maybe some smaller uh, clubs in terms of working remote. Um, they're both awesome. Tons of dope cafes, as you can see on Chris's uh, thing. So if you're a nomad, uh, Copenhagen is just basically like a, a smaller, um, less busy um, Bali. Both places are super spiritual, su uh, hippies, yoga, mm -hmm. um, you know, just mushroom ceremonies, whatever you want to go. It's, <laughs> it's all it's all happening. Um, you know, strange. They're both someone was describing Copenhagen as a strange place you know you get some interesting lots of interesting people but you do in bali as well people from all around mm -hmm. the world uh, all sorts of backgrounds and and whatever so both very spiritual places um Copenhagen is just a, a mini version of that so yeah yeah i mean well both islands have their different sides um i mean that like um physically and like figuratively i guess um so like <clears throat> excuse me for digital nomads uh specifically like in Copenhagen, I you'd be looking at something on the the west coast um and then in bali i rec i think the spot is definitely changu um but then also a little bit of ubud as well um in bali mm -hmm. but i mean like you go super north in bali there's no tourists you know it's i went there um 2018 and i did not see any foreigners so that's that's still bali but the bali we're talking about is kind of like centered around you know changu and, and that area um and in in Copenhagen, it's interesting the you mentioned all that like sort of hippie stuff i think that's more like northwest of the island i think is yeah, the yeah, yeah. Center for that um yeah. hadrin is like i think a world away from that um, so that's like on the southern yeah, tip of the island. Yeah, much more touristy. Yeah, where the full moon party is. Yeah, and that's the like you said, the full moon full moon party spot. My my favorite area is kind of like the middle ground. It's like Ban Tai um, in Copenhagen, mm -hmm. and I kind of like that um, the the new spot La Casa for co-working. Yeah, that looks in, super um, cool in in Copenhagen. When I say new, it's it's new to me. I don't know how it's. I think it's been there for over a year now um or around that um mm. but it's new for me and uh i like that it's in bantai like it's in a it's in the location that i i prefer to be in um because like mm -hmm. i was previously um hanging out at beach hub back in um i think it was 2016 or 17 um mm -hmm. and um 
yeah, Beach Hub, I don't, it's not my favorite location. It's not in, in, in the best location for me personally. Um, mm. And I really liked La Casa, like in Bantai. Um, they, they also had, um, uh, like it's a restaurant as well. And uh, I went there mm. for like, well, you can eat tacos on uh, a Tuesday night. And uh, it's funny, they had like a house music DJ playing like really loud house music, but it was like, which would have probably been annoying if you just wanted to go there for dinner and chat to someone. But like, I was there like by myself having like some tacos and like, I was literally like bopping to the, to the music as well. Cause like, it was, nice. it was pretty cool. It's my vibe. Um, nice. And then, yeah, like in that's in that co-working area there that you've got on screen. Um, yeah, I got, uh, let me bring up the the speed the speed test I got there. Um, I posted it on mm -hmm. uh, Instagram, but it was mm -hmm. it was in the hundreds of of megabits. Um, oh yeah, I said three hundred yeah, before it. It was four seventy. No, it's like a story, so it's like on. Um, okay, it's in my archive. But yeah, um, forty four hundred and seventy megabits down and four hundred and eighty up. So it just blows wow, yeah, my mind. I've never had that fast <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah um yeah so, they got yeah. fiber all throughout thailand now so thailand's crazy how that that the, the internet i think it still is better than australia's internet um like i don't think there is any island in australia where 100 megabit plus speeds are possible like mm -hmm. i don't know i it actually occurred to me um on this copenhagen trip that i haven't actually been to an island in australia um so like that's something i should probably do at some point but i would suspect that like if i went to a resort on an island in um in uh, australia i would not expect i would be expecting lower than 10 megabits uh down and uh to mm -hmm. see those speeds it's just it's crazy it's one of the reasons why thailand is so such a cool cool place um yeah. to have. i mean it's a bit geeky getting you know super uh like excited about 100 megabit speeds because for the majority of people like what 20 megabits is going to be okay 20 megabits up and down um mm -hmm. like i tested my connection before we started this call and my speed was like 50 up and down or something and there's been hardly any interruptions on this call so i mean it's good if you're uploading a, a lot of video that's yeah. for like us creators like that that would be like the big thing but it's just so such high speeds it just it just means you haven't got any internet stress you know yeah yeah wi-fi is mm -hmm. um not never a problem and uh, if there ever is a, a power outage which can happen occasionally you know in, de in developing countries you got your hotspot right there 4g super fast yeah yeah it's crazy yeah. um and and everywhere in thailand has free wi-fi i think i was thinking about it today because i was like literally lying down for a thai massage and i saw us i was there was a sign next to me i was like oh what's this sign so i turned it around and it said here's the wi-fi password and then i was just like oh, this is crazy but i thought you know it's probably like tourists that don't get sim cards would want to like connect to that yeah to that, uh, to that wi-fi but it's just it's just it's just crazy like there is wi-fi everywhere if for whatever reason you don't want to pay the two to four hundred baht a month to get a sim, which I think is is a no brainer, yeah. There's Wi Fi everywhere, and it's yeah. all good, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, the, there's going to be no issues, and I think um, Bali, it, because we're talking about Bali as well, right? I think mm -hmm. 
it's a little bit it's it's not so much that situation like these the investment that these establishments have to make in order to get really good internet is a lot more um and so like i only mm -hmm. yeah what, what was when was the last time you were in bali you you um yeah just a, a year ago a year ago yeah. uh, i was there last january through june so six months last year mm. yeah so you would have more to say on that than me i'm sure it's the the, the internet's a, always getting better right yeah it's all it's all fine uh no issues uh, it's a non-issue i say don't don't not come because you're worried about internet you're gonna be fine guys it's bali yeah. is one of the influencer capitals of the world so yeah i mean what what i kind of do so i now how i actually got into recording internet speeds and actually looking at it is because people would ask me this like it would be a question that came up and i remember when i first started traveling i never looked at internet speeds i would just go off feeling like oh is the internet good is it bad right but then when the when the audience started crying out for like specific speeds i started started testing mm -hmm. um but the, the 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 fact still remains like it's just it just needs to be good enough right and yeah. um i think it's like the uh, uh, a kind of without like getting a specific speed test from somebody the way i kind of like suss out whether a place is going to have good internet is like do they have places where people who work online congregate, like a co-working space? If they do, clearly the internet is okay. Like if you look at a photo of a Bali co-working space and it's filled with like 20 people, do you really expect the Wi-Fi to be bad? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Their business yeah. relies on good yeah. Wi-Fi. So, uh, you know, like it just, it just makes sense that the Wi-Fi would be good. Um, and that's actually good what... I actually saw. Um, I'm not sure if you know that, but Outpost, um, one of the yeah, been there. working brands in Bali, uh, launched in Weligama, um, uh, Sri Lanka this year. And mm -hmm. so I was I was supposed to go this month, but um, my friend and I decided to not do it because of the um, the the economic crisis that's happening there. Mm -hmm. um, but they have the same thing. They had I saw this video, packed co-working space um and you just have to assume that the internet's good enough in that location if they can pack out a co-working space yeah um yeah it's, that's kind good. of the internet's it's good yeah it's good guys <laughs> yeah cool yeah i i hope to visit bali uh again uh soon at this point at some point this year um so cool yeah this was uh was good any other uh big uh points for people to know Copangan, bali yeah um well i mean i've I've seen the two sides of copenhagen um I've, uh, in terms of pre-pandemic post-pandemic virtually the same thing to me except wearing masks mm -hmm. in a um 7-eleven and yeah. uh i don't yeah i haven't had the experience of going to bali post-pandemic um but um yeah so i can't specifically comment on that but to this day changu bali remains my favorite like my the most exciting place for me to, to 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 go and work remotely um as a person who's like creative and like works online and uh likes you know that music scene and likes beautiful cafes and clubs and all that sort of stuff 
it's it's still it's still the winner the only thing about bali that i say to people is like it's a bit like a fantasy land like mm-hmm. it's 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 weird because it's like this playground that's been set up in indonesia i mean go other places i haven't been but go other places in indonesia and see if it's anywhere near as good um it's yeah. basically this like in a way artificial paradise um yeah. and all the local people that you see basically work in tourism and like it's not like going to like chiang mai where you go into a, a restaurant and you'll be with other thai people um even my from my experience even the indonesian restaurants in bali um have um like you, you go there and there's hardly that you don't really see other indonesians dining with you um so yeah it is that that's my only criticism of bali is like it is a bit of a, a fantasy world and and like i don't it feels transient like I, those people that call bali home it's like i'm like hmm, i wonder how they are able to sort of bridge that gap where everyone else considers it like a transient place um but um yeah i mean i think you're a big believer in the whole go everywhere and yeah don't be attached to one place so following that philosophy why do you need to even be based yeah. anywhere yeah exactly i mean that's yeah. why we do what we do right like so mm. when you feel like all right i'm ready for a new place go that's the whole point of you know working online having an online business and so yeah. be able to be location free location yeah. free to be where you want and bali is one of those places I'll, i will always go back it will always be one of the home bases um we're actually going going to a post up in bali and have that be kind of the home base get a villa there you know long-term lease um until we came here to phuket Rawai, we we're like whoa i didn't know about this place and then started making friends 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 it's like oh boom now we got a whole fucking crew here and um so and you know that, that ties into you know travel life is about the people and so yep. um everywhere has awesome people and so but uh yeah chengu i always say it's a i, I call it an engineered paradise they have said that okay mm. bali is going to be this place and you know uh, it probably started with you know the the australians you know back in the early days i mean bali's yeah. been popping with tourism since the, the 70s it goes yeah. way way back and um they just decided all right we're gonna turn this into a into a a, a, a heaven you know place in terms yeah, of health yeah, yeah. life balance spirituality and so just the coolest places the coolest venues i've ever seen in the world Um, i've never been to ibiza i heard that's like bali on steroids people have said but it's it's on that level of the the coolest places uh, in the world i've heard many many people have said who have been all around the world and so Mm -hmm. um yeah that's that and um pangan is going to be over the coming years turning into one of those um world popular destinations uh, i would think too yeah well it's definitely beautiful um just mm-hmm. more chill yeah 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 definitely less, less busy you're, you're riding around on your scooter um and i mean both places that you know love the scooter life just cruising around scooting around to the gym the cafe and so it's a good life no matter what you choose i would recommend anyone check out both of them um so yeah yeah awesome awesome cool well this has been like uh, almost an hour and a half this has been great and so, yeah, if you just saw this video um, uh, in a chunk, 
For the whole first hour, we talked uh, on the Chris's podcast about a Thailand post-COVID and talked all about it. So you check that out on Chris's podcast. So yeah, where do they find that? Yeah. Oh, well, this is something I decided to restart like a few days ago. Um, so nice. I'm a bit rusty on the information. Um, I think you can find the podcast. Check is out now your hosted. Maybe? Yeah, the podcast is now hosted on Anchor. So it's Anchor FM slash Chris the Freelancer um, is, is where you can find the hub of it. And then obviously you can find it on Apple Podcasts. Uh, I'm just looking at the list here on Anchor. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, um, or copy the RSS. So yeah, um, that's where you need to go. And yeah, I've, I'll be posting updates about the podcast and everything through Instagram. So if people want to follow me there at Chris the Freelancer, you can do that as well. Nice. I didn't know about this. Oh, and there she is. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, there it is. If we didn't get to your questions, put them in the comments after this video, and uh, I'll I'll try to answer them all. Follow Chris on Instagram, also me on Instagram um, for for the daily life out here. So, yeah, wh where are you going to be um, from from now? Yeah, so tomorrow I have a flight to uh, Portugal. So mm. I'm going to be traveling Portugal with uh, a few friends for eight days. And then I'm uh, spending a month in Istanbul, which I, which you nice. mentioned in the YouTube comments. I might be seeing you there or? Uh, no, not, not in Istanbul. No, no plan to go uh, back there. I, I really want to, but I did three months um, there. And so check yeah. out my Istanbul, Istanbul review video. I list all my favorite spots, my Google Maps list and all that. Mm. Um, it's the video that yeah, inspired me to go there. I was like, okay, awesome. I want to go there now. Awesome. After watching this. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome place. Love it. Yeah. Okay. So cool. Well, yeah, we'll be in touch on Instagram and um, yeah. See everyone else. Thanks for hanging around. 15 people watch to the end. Awesome. You better freaking like the video <laughs> and subscribe to both of our channels. Yo, if you made it all this way. <sighs> all right. Appreciate you having right. me on Riley. Yeah. All right. I'll see you on, on Instagram. All right. Catch right, up. Ending stream.